Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday night, and you know exactly what that means. It's time for the real conversation with Shayna Thornton. Let's talk America with hosts. Shana Thornton is your radio talk show spotlighting the critical issues of today. She is certain to feature expert guests and celebrities each and every Tuesday night. She is a celebrated newspaper columnist, popular blogger, and award-winning radio talk show personality who has a passion for groundbreaking discussions. Here she is. Let's welcome the one and only, the engaging host for the national show. Please give it up for Shana Thornton. A good Tuesday evening to everyone, and welcome to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. Of course, I am Shana, and I'm delighted and honored you've opted to join us live this Tuesday night, October the 6th. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Well, everyone, we're off to our first full week of October, and I'm glad you're tuned in because we are continuing to keep you informed with the topics that matter to you. And tonight, our big focus is depression, more particularly the hidden dangers of depression. You know, this issue affects so many people throughout the world. And today, we have an expert on with us who is going to break it all down and explain the situation and also how you can get help and be healed in that process, okay? So it's not always an easy solution, but we will help guide the conversation to get you on the road where you can go visit your own personal physician and get the help you need. So and maybe it's not you. Maybe it's your sister, your brother, your father, your mother. Maybe it's your best friend. Depression is a reality for a lot of people, okay? So do stick with us. And we also have a great uh, short experience exclusive conversation highlighting uh, the new information coming out about uh, pap smears versus HPV screening test. So you want to stay with us for that also. That's going to be an important conversation I want you to hear and also a very brief conversation about MS, okay? So we are putting the spotlight on health this Tuesday night. First, of course, with the hidden dangers of depression. Then we're also going to talk about the new findings uh, of a huge new uh, retrospective analysis study with pap smear versus the HPV screening. And lastly, we're going to talk about relapsing multiple sclerosis. So text message and message and inbox all of your family, friends, and colleagues, and let them know that tonight on LTA, Let's Talk America, we certainly have something for them. You know, LTA is on all of your various social media outlets. And if you're on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, or Facebook, hey, let others know. Hashtag LTA Radio. LTA Radio, okay? So LTA Radio, all caps would be great so others know that you are tuned in right now. Okay, well, we are set to kick it off. And of course, we have our signature in the news segment where we highlight the top trending national and international stories that matter to you. And our quote of the day is with us too. So stay with us. We've got a full show, but it's a very interesting one and one that hopefully will make a difference in your world. All right? Thanks to everyone being tuned in live and also for those on the Replay Podcast. All right, everyone, Let's Talk America is set to kick it off this Tuesday night. Let's get it going. The Orange Zebra is a new children's book written by award-winning teacher, Cherie Hardy, that teaches children about accepting their uniqueness. When 11-year-old Leah and her younger sister Zoe make good grades, their beloved of grace takes them to Bush Gardens. 
the girls learn about the different kinds of beautiful animals from Africa, but Leah learns much more. Ungrace teaches her a lesson about loving herself and embracing her uniqueness through an interesting story about an orange zebra. Get your copy today for a special child online through Amazon and eBay. Hi, my name is Kezia Alford. For more information on my music, please go to keziaalford.com. That's K-E-Z-I-A-A-L-S-O-R-D.com. Or find it online at any digital outlet. I pray that my music blesses your soul. And you are currently listening to Let's Talk America with Jane Thornton. We are back on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. And a huge thanks goes out to all of our national partners and sponsors. Uh, You make all of the difference. And, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't once again acknowledge and thank our loyal, dedicated weekly listeners. Thank you for everything, all of your support, and staying tuned in and telling your family, friends, and colleagues about your very own national family radio talk show. We are doing well, and we know that's because of you. So thank you, and continue to stick with us and stay informed. Speaking of staying informed, uh, do check us out even when we're not live in your ear. You can go to www.letstalkamerica with shanathornton.com. Again, that easy to remember website is www.letstalkamerica with shanathornton.com. And there you can see our upcoming show topics and our featured guests. I also wanted to let you know that in the news, our signature addition to the show, where we highlight the top trending news stories from around the globe, can be seen if you go to our website. We have a new televised edition of In the News, and of course, we've collaborated with SCB Channel 182 out of Atlanta to bring you that new show. So stay with us, okay? Listen to us like you are right now. We're in your ear. Let's Talk America Radio, and we're also offer In the News by way of the television. So do check that out. Again, that website is www.letstalkamerica with shanathornton.com. What a great website to go to and find out lots of good information. Well, everyone, we are set to kick off in the news for the full week of October the 5th, 2015. In the news, flowing water on Mars. You heard correct. NASA's Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, a satellite in orbit around the red planet, has produced images proving there is liquid water. Streaks were discovered from the ongoing surveillance. According to NASA, the streaks are evidence of flowing water, which appear to change in size over time, growing longer during Mars' warm summer months and shrinking during the colder seasons. There were also various pieces that scientists fit together to finally conclude, beyond a reasonable doubt, that it is water and not a bizarre pattern for Martian weather. In the news, South Carolina floods. A dangerous rainstorm trenching the East Coast brought more rain and flooding this past Sunday to South Carolina, cutting off power to over 30,000 people throughout the southern state. Hundreds of South Carolinians needed water rescues from authorities, while scores of roads closed because of floodwaters. Emergency management officials from the state sent a statewide alert requesting people to stay off the roads and remain indoors unless their homes were in danger of flooding. A 75-mile stretch of I-95 in the eastern part of the state connecting Miami to Washington, D.C. and New York was closed due to flooding. The area around the state capital of Columbia was hit the hardest. In the news, Russia and Syria. The Russian Air Force began strikes in Syria this past Wednesday. According to the Russian Defense Ministry, the military has carried out 20 or more flights 
targeting 10 ISIS locations. Syria is in the midst of a civil war that has seen the rise of extremist groups, including ISIS. Russia openly supports the regime of President Bashar al-Assad and says it is targeting ISIS and other terrorist groups. The U.S.-backed coalition against ISIS, comprising of the United States, Britain, Turkey, France, Germany, Qatar, and Saudi Arabia, accuses Russia of attacking civilians and Syrian groups opposing al-Assad. In the news, deadly college shooting. Ten people were killed when a gunman opened fire at an Oregon community college on Thursday. Seven other people were injured, and the shooter took his own life during a confrontation with responding police officers. The shooter reportedly was heavily armed with excessive ammunition. Survivors are reporting that the gunman inquired about victims' religious beliefs prior to opening fire on them. President Barack Obama addressed the nation after the horrific incident, calling for tougher gun control laws. Now, this concludes your segment of In the News for this week of October the 5th, 2015. Do stay informed with Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. We always try to spotlight the top trending stories that matter around the globe. Well, everyone, in keeping with tradition, we will now move right into our quote of today. Our quote from today comes from one of the jazz greats, Ella Fitzgerald. The vocalist once said, just don't give up trying to do what you really want to do. Where there is love and inspiration, I don't think you can go wrong. Again, jazz great Ella Fitzgerald once said, just don't give up on trying to do what you really want to do. Where there is love and inspiration, I don't think you can go wrong. And while that statement speaks for itself, it is such a powerful and moving one. So keep up the great work that you're doing. If you love it, if you believe you're inspiring others in the right positive direction, then keep it moving. Find a way to make it happen. Okay, everyone? Well, we're set to kick off tonight's show and a feature exclusive conversation. We're talking about depression, and it affects a lot of people. And right now I have with us the one and only Dr. Frieda Birnbaum, of course, she's a leading psychologist. She's seen a lot of depression in various forms. And she's the expert tonight. I'm not one on depression. She's going to break it down for us. So right now, before we bring her in, please, again, message all of your family, friends, and colleagues. This issue matters to everyone, okay? So there is no embarrassment. There's no taboo. We're human beings, and depression is real. All right, we're set to kick it off. LTL Radio is in your ear. Again, LTA Radio is in your ear. Hashtag it on the various social media outlets. All right, everyone, Dr. Frida Birnbaum joins us now. Hi, this is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. Hi, my name is Kavarga, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Hi, my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 7.30 to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. This is Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shayna Thornton. This is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be. Well, it's Tuesday night, listeners of Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. And of course, as I stated previously, we are talking about the D word. We are talking about depression, confronting depression. And you know, you may think you know about it. Maybe you think you've got it figured out. You know the signs, the symptoms. They're not always as obvious as we would like to think. But tonight, I have an in-house expert with me who will break it all down and help all of us to be educated and aware of the symptoms and the science. I have the one and only, the celebrated research psychologist, Dr. Frida Birnbaum, is on with us tonight. How are you? 
I'm doing well. It's a rainy day, but it's sunny inside, so what can I tell you? That's right. Oh, I love that. That's a great metaphor. I want to talk about something when we talk about rainy days, Dr. Frieda. You know, uh, the CDC reports that nearly 8% of Americans over the age of 12 years old suffer from some form of depression. Now, the data that we research here at the show is based off of information collected uh, a few years ago. In your professional opinion, do you think the number is possibly higher than what the official data says? Why or why not? Well, you know, uh, as I said, that depression is part of our lives. Our lives are not linear. It goes up and down. There are peaks and there are valleys. And when those valleys happen, if you know to expect them, then the fear will leave. And it's a good opportunity also to really readjust your life. What is going on that needs to be changed that you feel hopeless about? So it's a good way to make very good uh, directions work for you uh, where you wouldn't have that opportunity otherwise. Wow. You know, so is it hard to really diagnose from a uh, collection of research that the CDC pulled from? Meaning, like, I guess if you gave me a survey, I could say I'm not depressed or I'm not having these symptoms. You know, I guess what I really want to ask sincerely, you know, are people always honest when they're asked if they're feeling depressed? Oh, no, and most people, when they're, asked, when they're asking that question, don't really want to know the real answer. Okay. They want to hear you say everything's great so they can get on with their own lives because everyone is so absorbed today with what society is presenting with our new technologies, uh, with our careers, men and women, with families, that they're trying to be nice. But no, they really don't want to hear. But here is the answer. What is depression? Well, there are two types. One is clinical depression. And that means when you wake up in the morning, you feel you can't get out of bed. Uh, you feel exhausted before you've done anything. You feel there's a cloud hanging over your head. Now, this stems from something way back. This is something that is biological. We have to address the differences. Uh, this is not anything that is environmental oriented. So often you may need some help uh, with serotonin levels that have gone down, and this is mainly women, mostly women have low serotonin levels. And you know, even exercise boosts those levels and helps that. So that's when you really do need to seek out a professional. But most of us don't have clinical depression. Most of us have anxieties. We have setbacks. We have events in our lives that are very disturbing and often devastating. A death in a family, why, why wouldn't you be depressed? Okay. Moving, a high source of stress and depression. Even when you're doing something that's for your betterment, you often feel uncomfortable, and depression will occur. But these kinds of depressive episodes come and go. Okay. You have no choice. You have to face life, and you have to do these things. I can name a list of things. Public speaking, it doesn't mean that it's bad for you. Okay. But it creates 
a lot of anxiety and hopelessness and depression at times. You know, the D word, of course, depression, that's what we're talking about this Tuesday night with the one and only Dr. Frida Birnbaum. She is on with us, a celebrated psychologist, uh, very well known, of course, in uh, various media outlets. Depression, the D word, Dr. Frida, seems to be more common than ever to a lot of us. Uh, You, of course, are in the professional medical world, but uh, from others, it seems very common. Or perhaps the scrutiny is being put on depression more than ever with the media and high-profile cases of those individuals who suffered from it, like, unfortunately, the very celebrated and gifted comedian and actor Robin Williams. Right now, I'm going to ask all of our national and international listeners to make sure they take uh, great mental notes or written notes or notes on their smartphone or whatever device they're on right now. Please share, Dr. Frieda, the symptoms or signs of depression, because I know, of course, it can vary from person to person, but what are some red flags that as concerned individuals we need to be looking for in ourselves or in family, friends, or own children? Well, the symptoms are, the signs are lack of energy. Uh, you don't respond to anything the way you did before. Okay. So if someone's telling you a joke, okay. if someone's making you a special meal or a special event, you can't really connect to the joyfulness inside you. Yes. And that's a big wake-up call, that the world around you is not part of who you are. Now, the concern here is that if you turn that around, that could possibly be the reason for your depression. Because in today's lifestyles that we have with Facebook and the Internet and everyone posing their best poses and vacations and holidays, Uh, To compare yourself to that while you're sitting at a desk working is not something easy to do. So you don't feel as good about yourself. So the environment around you creates that, and then you detach from that. When you detach from that, that's when depression often occurs. So one of the best things to do would be just to go ahead and say to yourself, look, I have to compete with me. Who am I? Okay. What do I need? Beautiful. Where I need to go and push everything else away. Beautiful. You know, that's some great practical advice because uh, it's something that we don't really think about, but social media has changed the uh, aspect of the world in so many ways, and you're saying there's a possibility for some people it could even influence, uh, I guess, signs or symptoms or onset of some sort of anxiety or depression or need to want to keep up, if you will, with the Joneses, Dr. Frieda? Absolutely. You know, they have done research on this. And uh, they're even saying that, studies have said that you should do less time with computers, with emails, with the Internet, with anything that you're doing uh, for even a source of entertainment because it takes you away from reality. And really, the best feeling you have is when you communicate with other people, when you're in nature, when you're part of life. We've gotten away from that so much that the younger generation is really in trouble because they're not facing the realities of life as much as we used to. Yes, powerful, because you bring up a valid point and just uh, hear my perspective. But, 
you know, a lot of individuals will say, well, I know them because we're, we're friends on, you know, the various social media outlets. You know, Dr. Frida, you know, not to uh, be redundant, but you said it best so eloquently. You know, are we really knowing those people because you, you're Facebook friends with them or you're, you're tweeting with them or you're Instagram? Because you're getting a photo journal of the life they're presenting, right? That doesn't actually mean that's reality. That's an excellent question because if we would really know each other, then we could say, you know what, I don't feel so great today. And the other person may say, you know what, yesterday I felt the same way. So right away you're validated that mm. it's nothing wrong, that you're actually even normal yes. to have those feelings, that you're going to be okay just like whoever you're talking to, to compare each other on a more reality base rather than everything being perfect because it just doesn't happen. Life is not perfect. But what you can do is know how to cope okay. with the imperfection. And that's very vital. How to cope. Powerful, powerful phrase. Dr. Frida, tell me this, and it may be an obvious question to you, but for our many listeners out there, some may be familiar with the D word of depression and some may not be. Why do some people opt to hide depression? Because I'm sure there is someone listening in right now saying, well, you know what? Treat it like you would hypertension or diabetes or whatever else you have and go to a medical professional, go to a professional and get the help so you can help the process and learning to cope in this life. But there are many, as you know from your expertise, your many years of experience of treating uh, individuals and observing individuals with depression, why do we hide it? Why, why do we lie to the public and why do we tell the lies to ourselves? Because people are often judgmental and there's a stigma as if it's a mental illness and depression is not a mental illness. Depression is a medical problem with what's happening. And if you get rid of it, that's fine. But otherwise, it can become chemically induced. And after a while, it triggers itself. So it is so important to talk to people, the right people, about what's going on because it's not in your control. People will say, oh, get over it. Okay. As if you did something to make it happen. Yes. Not true. Okay. Powerful. But you can know that it's nothing personal. You're not inadequate. It's something medical that's happening. Powerful. And eventually that will be taken care of as well. Mm, powerful. You know, we offer Real Talk for Real People here on your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. We are putting the spotlight on depression, confronting depression, and all that comes with it. Our in-house expert, of course, is Dr. Frida Birnbaum, celebrated research psychologist who has spent many years uh, observing and studying uh, the D word, of course, that being depression. You know, I know you mentioned earlier at the top of the segment uh, that a lot of depression sometimes has to do with serotonin levels and that women tend to have lower levels than men. Dr. Frida, but what group is more prone, uh, if possible, to depression? Is it women necessarily or not always? Not always, but in the past it has been so. Women have taken more control over their lives, and that uh, helps not to have depressive episodes because what you feel that you're stumbling and that you're hitting a wall and you have no control, that contributes to depression. After all, doctors used to give women anti-anxiety medication all the time. If a woman would come into the office okay. and complain, 
uh, they wouldn't work with the underlying problem. Oh, wow. They would just say, here's a pill. Okay. You know, okay. get on with it, cope. Yes, wow. So, so of course, yeah. Wow, and and I know you would emphasize this as we have covered other health segments on this show, that there's no one cookie-cutter formula for everyone, and that's why it's important for individuals to seek their own individual, independent, professional help, right? Not saying, well, my sister had depression, and this is what her therapist told her, so I'm just going to assume that's going to work for me. I'm sure you would advise for individuals to seek their own medical help, right? Absolutely, but even before that, Seek yourself. Who are you? What do you need? Push away all the voices around you okay. who are trying to help you and to be beneficial. And see that maybe you're something else that you have to be that may not get approval from other people. Okay. And that's so crucial to your sense of well-being, to be able to give yourself the ability to have the entitlement and permission to be and say who you are. When you do that, not only does it give you strength, but you stop looking for other people who are going to confuse you and at times make you depressed. Mm. You know, let me ask you this. Dr. Frida, this is a complex question, but I think you're the one to answer it if it can be answered. Uh, What group is more prone to hiding depression. Is that known? Men seem to need to be virile and strong and assertive. Any kind of uh, caring and softness, uh, they seem to push inside themselves. And it's become less so as women have taken on more responsibility But as a whole, in general, men who often carry the burden of having to be responsible financially for the home and for the family will feel that they can't show this side of themselves. Okay. And because of that, they don't seek help. And because of that, they have anger issues. Because anger comes from repressing feelings. Yes. And so that's how they exhibit their feelings, instead of putting it into words and understanding that okay. they can get some kind of help. Hmm. It becomes... Their anger is not identified often to the moment at hand of what's even going on at the moment. They have these outbursts, and they don't even know why they do that. I see. I see. And it can also be an exertion of rage and anger almost, Correct. That's right, because when you keep pushing it down, it has to come out sometime. Mm, At some point, in some shape, form, or fashion. Wonderful information, wonderful information with the one and only Dr. Frida Birnbaum. Tell me this, uh, do we know uh, your professional, profession rather, is there a genetic link for depression? Well, genetic is part of it, but I am very cautious about putting it in that category. Okay. Because environmentally, we can really do so much for ourselves. Say genetics, um, we can change that. The difference between depression is the clinical aspect of it, where often medication is needed. Okay. And that is something 
that at times is genetic, but not completely. So the way you process life adds to this or can take away the burden of this expression. Yes. So it's very important to know that when you have this kind of inability, there is so much that can be done. The first thing is to identify when it happened, why it happened. Okay. What are you not doing that you need to do? And why do you go to this place? Yes. So you need to sublimate those feelings for something else. When you don't use your energy, you often become depressed. Okay. You have to be able to put those feelings into words and then act on them. Once you start acting on them, right away you'll start feeling some kind of difference. And this is the best way to go. If you need medication to do this, that is fine. Okay. Sometimes that kind of medication can be temporary. Yes. And there's all sorts of medications, so I'm not going to identify okay. any of them. But the reality is that the best strength you can get is not to have a dependency because with medication comes withdrawal symptoms. Okay. And then that puts you into a different place. But to really reevaluate your underlying concern. Yes. Of what is going on. Okay. Wow. That you need to use that energy because that's when depression sets in. Mm. You don't use it. The more you use it, the more hopeful you will be. And the more and the more energy you will get. The opposite of what people think. They'll say, Oh, I'm so tired I can't do anything. Okay. No. Do a lot if you're tired. Because you're not using enough of yourself. Yes. You know, I, I think you said it so well when you're saying, in other words, let's not put a Band-Aid on it, right? So when uh, individuals who are suffering from depression or any uh, medical condition, that is, Dr. Frida, I know you would say uh, to really get to the root of it, right? So if with the depression you're saying if it's triggering rage or anger, perhaps in a man or a woman or whatever it may be, their symptoms may be, that treat the underlying issue. Is it issues from the childhood? Is it issues of coping with something uh, tragic that has happened recently or years ago, you're saying don't put a Band-Aid on it. Get to the bottom of it, and that's the only way real healing can come. Exactly, because people often okay. if you go ahead and you act like you're okay, yes. then at least you'll have the opportunity to shake this. Because as I said before, it's temporary. As long as you know it's temporary, you don't have to feel you're stuck. Now, if you do need medication, that still puts it in the category of being temporary. Okay. Because that will help you as well. So you don't have to stay in this one place. Absolutely not. But it is a wonderful, wonderful time to say, you know, I don't have a fear because me being repressed is going to keep me in this space. Yes. Let's see what I can do to make these changes that I have not been looking at in my life that's creating this depression. Do I want to change careers? Is my relationship not good? Uh, am I not happy with my lifestyle? Are there people, friends, who I really don't want in my life okay. that are pushing me down? Yes. Yeah. So when you go ahead 
change the events of your life, sometimes even moving can be vitally important. The people around you do not support who you are. You know, Dr. Frieda, unfortunately, uh, too often uh, we open the newspaper and we're seeing uh, anyone, because all lives matter, of course, um, but often in the newspapers, of course, or in the media outlets, those who have very high-profile lives, such as celebrities, uh, we uh, get to see what goes on in their lives. And when often when we look at the reports, um, often uh, we've seen in the last few years that some um, have unfortunately taken their own life. And then it comes out that they were suffering from depression, and family members will sometimes say or report they stopped taking their medicine. I want to go there. I do, because I know you said, one, everyone, uh, everyone's depression does not look the same, doesn't sound the same in any sense, and everyone doesn't necessarily need medicine. However, if someone uh, seeks medical help, and it's determined by the medical professional uh, that there is medication that's needed to treat it at that time, I want you to emphasize, if possible, if it's your professional opinion, how important it is to be compliant with the medication and work with that medical professional to transition off if that is going to be the case. Because just because the sister got off of it after six months doesn't always mean that's the same medical plan for everyone, right? Exactly. Medication takes about one to two weeks trigger. So if you're feeling great and thinking you don't need it, well, what will happen eventually, you will be in such a place that the withdrawal symptoms will start coming in. So, yes, it is important to work with your doctor okay. to go ahead and go into this very slowly. And when you can do that, eventually then you can stop. But not you cannot go cold turkey right away. Okay. Because within two weeks, withdrawal symptoms will come in. Mm, and, of course, uh, again, I want to emphasize, I said it before, but there's no one cookie-cut formula. And, of course, we enjoy having uh, honor to have Dr. Frieda Birnbaum on with a celebrated research psychologist who spent many years studying and observing and treating uh, individuals um, suffering from depression. Um, but also, uh, we're responsible here at Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. Dr. Frieda is giving great universal and general knowledge in response to the questions we have tailored for her. But if you've got any specific questions, and when it comes to your health on any level, we do ask that you seek your own medical uh, professional so you can be advised according to the information and the history that uh, fits you, okay? You know, Dr. Frieda, there are individuals sitting out there, mothers, fathers, uh, brothers, sisters, aunts and uncles, or even sons and daughters, and they say, I know something's not right with mom. Um, she's not who she used to be. The energy is down. She would used to love going in the garden. Now she doesn't touch it. Um, or perhaps the brother is more anxious than he's ever been. He's often living in a trapped prison. He doesn't want to go places anymore. He's slowly but surely losing the life that we knew him to have. What can concerned family and friends do if they see someone or they suspect someone is suffering from depression? They're not sure how to approach it because you know being an expert and a professional, it's not an easy conversation to bring up that I think something's wrong. And everyone's not receptive to hearing it. Some may even become angry. How dare you accuse them of having a condition that they perceive may make them weak, although we know depression is not a sign whatsoever of weakness. Please advise these families the best you can right now on this radio talk show. Well, uh, we uh, often, uh, I have not had to do this, but in 
know, we uh, as a society, uh, we self-medicate. Uh, so if you see someone who is drinking too much, smoking too much, uh, or abusing any kind of medication, uh, that should be a spotlight. That should be an alert that there is something going on now. Being more subtle, when you're looking at someone who seems as if they are not coping, uh, these coping mechanisms are often uh, a concern because you're seeing something that's coming out now, but it does not necessarily mean that it's from this moment or something's happening that there's nothing traumatic going on. Okay. That they're not different than anyone. It's a long time to look into. This person needs to be willing to take that kind of assertiveness. A therapist will give you that kind of time yeah. to talk about whatever you want to. The sad thing is, no matter how well-intentioned you are okay. to help that person, there are certain tools that need to be used, okay. which means, and one of the tools as a support system is to not to negate what that other person is saying to you, because what that person is feeling is their reality. Okay, powerful. It's very, very important to say, I understand where you're coming from. Yes. And to show that you can be trusted so that person could hopefully come back to you Again, okay. eventually work it out in some way. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a feel that that person trusts your judgment. But the best thing you can do is to peel those layers and to have that person like things were okay. And how do you bring that back to that moment? What do you do with the feelings that did work? Where were you in your life? What were you doing to make you feel okay? And then hopefully you could replicate some of those events. Mm, powerful words. You know, Dr. Frieda, before you leave us, um, a wonderful job on explaining and breaking down the D word, of course, depression, here on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. What are your lasting words of support uh, for those right now who uh, themselves are dealing with depression? They may have dealt with it for a few years, maybe only in recent times at the death uh, of a loved one, or maybe their memories are going back to their childhood. Maybe they're thinking of things many years ago they had to deal with. And, you know, they say, yeah, I just want happiness like everyone else. I am normal. I deserve to live a productive life. What are your words of hope? Because we know they can live a productive life. The truth is that not everyone is happy all the time. Uh, actually, not anyone is happy all the time. So to compare yourself to something that is not a truth will put you into this spin. The truth is that depression does come and go. Hopelessness comes and goes. And it's part of life. And if you expect it, then you'll be prepared for it. And it's never as bad as it would be if you didn't expect it. Yes. So the way to prepare yourself for it is to know that this is something that you can change. And this is an opportunity to look at other people and say, wait a minute, they're not doing so well as I thought either. Yes. It's a facade. And, you know, you have to work very hard in your life to look like you're happy all the time. Okay. Who wants to have to wait? 
Yeah, wow. Great words of advice. You know, Dr. Freedy, we're going to have to have you back on, but thank you uh, for joining us this Tuesday night, talking about the D-word depression. Before you get out of here, of course, you've uh, been featured and presented on various social media outlets and major media outlets also. How can our national and international listeners connect with you or know more about you? Well, I have a, I have a website. It's B-O-C-T-O-R, Frida, F-R-I-E-D-A. And right now I'm working on the Duggars and what's going on with them. So it'll be interesting for your viewers to look at my post and see uh, what is happening. We're talking about happiness and wonderful families. And here's a very religious family. Okay. Family. And guess what? They also have their problems. Yes, yes. So wow. there you go with that as well. Wow, we're going to have to have you back on to talk about all of that. Thank you for all that you do. Keep sharing and keep, uh, of course, keeping us aware of important and critical medical health issues that, of course, can inspire and influence our life. My pleasure, and it's always fun speaking to you. Wow, what a very powerful and moving conversation about depression, again, with the one and only celebrated and leading psychologist, Dr. Frida Birnbaum. Well, we are not done yet. Stay with us for just a few minutes more because we have some important and critical exclusive conversations about your health. And right now, we're going to get into a very serious one about cervical cancer. Uh, There have been some new developments from a new study that came out, and I want you to hear it. I want our men to stay with us also because this is relevant it to everyone. You have moms, you have sisters, you have aunts, you have daughters, and you have friends. So please stay with us. It's a very brief conversation, but it's an important one. Okay? We're set to kick it off now. If you're still with us, please continue to hashtag LTA radio right now. Let's Talk America brings you the news that matters. Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton, our focus continues to be your health tonight. You should know there is a debate within the medical community about how to best screen for cervical cancer in women. Now, we just came out of September, which, of course, was Gynecologic Cancer Awareness Month, so we're keeping this conversation going because it's important to you. Now, the debate um, truly is over how to screen for cervical cancer. Should it be with a PAP test or a HPV test or both? New results from a large retrospective analysis of cervical cancer screening strategies in women 30 and older show that both PAP plus HPV together detect more cervical cancers than either test used alone. And in fact, the study is claiming uh, that one in five women with cervical cancer were missed by screening with HPV alone. Here to talk about this and more and the critical and important factor of screening for cervical cancer uh, is the one and only. We have one of the co-authors of that big study, Dr. Marshall Alston. How are you doing this Tuesday night? Very good, Shana. Thank you for uh, this opportunity. Mm, absolutely. Now, let's get right to it. We have a lot of listeners on wanting to know more about cervical cancer. We hear a lot about it, of course, um, and we have men on with us, too, but they have sisters, moms, and wives, and partners, and daughters. Tell us more about this large retrospective study and its findings. Thank you, Shana. I was uh, fortunate to be part of this study from uh, Quest Diagnostics. We looked at data in, in Quest's huge database of over 8 million women screened in the U.S. for cervical cancer. They had hundreds of women in the study who developed cervical cancer, and we could look at the screening test results. 
dentistry, but also have EHPV testing. Okay. And there's an important message for women is that by getting the PAP test and the HPV test together, then they can have uh, a new, even higher level of protection from developing cervical cancer. Mm. Wow, and, and I know, of course, having the information or truth in front of them is so important on how to move forward. You know, uh, Dr. Olson, I know that your uh, medical background is extensive in pathology, and that's why it's important to speak with you. Tell me this, why are these results so important right now to know? Because to the average patient, right, they go to the gynecologist, as many women do, or if the husbands or partners hear that they go, and they just say, oh, I had a pap. I'm not really sure that a lot of patients understand what type they're getting. They just say, hey, and if there's something wrong, I'm going to get the results back in the mail, or they'll call me. But a lot of individuals don't know what specific type they're having. So why are these results so important to you? These results are important because although many doctors are now offering routinely for women to have the PAP and the HPV test together, yeah. this is not being offered in all offices. So women may want to go, when they go in for their periodic screening, they may want to specifically ask, can I have the PAP test and the HPV test together? And okay. this will give them the uh, greatest likelihood of having this new best option. Wow. So I hope everyone heard Dr. Marshall Austin clearly. He's saying, you know, become empowered with the information and go in and discuss saying, I want the HPV and the PAP test together. You know, don't just sit there and say, this is routine. The doctor, she or he knows what they're doing. And, of course, they're qualified, they're board certified, and they do. But it is your body. Have that discussion. Talk about it and put the options on the table. Now, uh, Dr. Austin, I need for you to break it down for us because we hear the term HPV thrown around, and we hear the word uh, PAP thrown around, but right now, will you please break down as best you could, being a medical expert, the difference between a PAP test and an HPV test? Shana, these are two different complementary tests. The PAP test is a test in which we look under the microscope at cells that are scraped directly from the woman's body, from her cervix. And we can often see directly evidence of cervical cancer developing in these cells. This is a visual test on cells. The HPV test, in contrast, is a test for the virus that causes cervical cancer. Okay. And the good news is that when you have both tests, the woman has the greatest likelihood, if she is developing cervical cancer, of having an abnormal result, a red flag, if you will, that tells her for her doctor to know that she needs additional diagnostic testing. So the greatest protection, the best option is with PAP and HPV co-testing together. Wow. We know patients vary, Dr. Alston, um, and of course you were very critical with this large study. You know, but we came out of September, which of course was um, Gynecologic Cancer Awareness Month, and one of the things that uh, our medical expert, um, Dr. Angela Jones, who is a gynecologist, said was that a lot of times cervical or other gynecologic cancers don't have obvious symptoms. And I would imagine, coming from your professional opinion, that's why it's so critical to have the screening test. 
tests done, right? Because if a woman has cervical cancer, a lot of times she may not have any physical symptoms other than what could show up on that annual test, be it the HPV and PAP together, right? Yes, Shana, it's very important for women not to wait for symptoms. Symptoms occur late in cervical cancer. They typically do not occur when the cancer is early. Okay. And the purpose of screening is to detect cancer or developing cancer early. And this it occurs in women who are not, do not have symptoms. And the best option, as I mentioned, is with the PAP and the HPV test together. Wow. You know, uh, before you leave us, we want to get uh, where individuals can go to get more information, but I want you to right now offer some of your uh, medical professional opinion to our many listeners, national and international, who are listening to your voice. Uh, she's a woman, and she's saying, well, I have two or three kids. I'm really busy. I'm working on homework, have my own career. Perhaps she's gone back to school. And Dr. Austin, she's convinced that she doesn't have the time to go in for those screening tests, and she's saying to herself, everything's going to be fine. My, my body's just fine because I'm too busy to get that screening. As a doctor, as a pathologist, you've seen so many different tests come across, of course. You know, please speak very briefly for the next few seconds to that woman who's saying she's too busy to go to the doctor and get the screening done. Shana, thanks for that great question. Um, the cervical cancer used to be the most common cancer in women before the pap test. Now, it's very rare because of the PAP test, the most effective cancer screening test in medical history. And the good news is with the HPV test, along with the PAP test, the protection is even greater. But no woman can be protected if she does not go in for periodic screening. Okay. The leading cause of cervical cancer in the U.S. is actually the woman not going in for screening. Wow. So uh, it's very important that women do go in for periodic screening, and when they go in, they want to take advantage of this new best option, the PAP and the HPV co-test together. Mm. Powerful. Thank you so much. Again, we have Dr. Marshall Austin on with us. Uh, he has a medical uh, degree and also a Ph.D. He's a pathologist at McGee Women's Hospital out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Before you leave us, doctor, where can women and men and any family member who uh, supports the women in their life get more information about uh, information on cervical cancer or more information on this great study you have co-author? Probably the best thing is for them to talk directly to their doctor or their health care provider, and there are a number of good websites that their health care provider can refer them to. Okay. Thank you so much. And, again, every medical expert that's come on has echoed, talk to your doctor. And, of course, Dr. Marshall Austin's echoing that, too. Thank you so much, and keep sharing all of the information. Thank you, Shada. I'm not a survivor just because I lived through the attempted murder on my life. I'm a survivor because in spite of the attempted murder, I never gave up. This is Sherry Graves, author, inspirational speaker, and CEO of Beyond Your Scars. I'm very excited to partner with Shana Thornton, host of Let's Talk America. For 25 years, I've lived with second and third degree burn scars covering 30% of my body and a house fire that was set to kill me. Now, that flame continues to burn as my living testimony. I invite you, I challenge you 
to join my Embrace Your Scars and Redefine Your Beauty Experience campaign. I really need your help to spread the word that there is beauty in the deepest places of our scars. My mission is to set a new trend that will spread throughout the world. Connect with me on my website, www.sherrygrave.com, where you can also purchase my tell-all book, A Fire Within, Someone Set a Fire and Left Me Forget, inspired by my true life story. And stay tuned for the debut of my Beyond Your Scars YouTube channel and blog. As a licensed clinical social worker, I offer personal development keys at my seminars, keys that help transform how I feel about myself. Now, I'm sharing these same keys to empower you to feel better about yourself. As a survivor of sexual assault, domestic violence, and attempted murder, I represent women and men all around the world. If you are looking for a speaker, someone who not only works in my professional career with survivors of abuse, but because of my own personal experiences with these same victimizations, my passion is to share love, hugs, and education in support of your organization. Email me at f and the number one grave at msn.com to join my campaign and simply say, Shelly, I want to be a part of keeping the flame burning. Thank you, God, for healing my deepest wounds, transforming them and redefining what true inner beauty is to me. Now, I feel you to embrace your scars. I'm Sherry Grace. Love you. As always, stay blessed. Thank you. Well, Let's Talk America Radio is not done yet. We have a few more minutes for you. Exclusive conversation. This one's an important one, a timely one, about relapsing multiple sclerosis. Now, if you recall, we also spotlighted multiple sclerosis a few months ago, but we have more information for you. Of course, your health is an ongoing topic, all right? So please do not turn us off if you're saying you don't have MS or multiple sclerosis. This conversation matters because we have family and friends, and of course, life keeps pushing ahead, okay? So I believe that awareness is very powerful in this journey of life, all right? So just a few more minutes. Stay with us. We're set to kick off this exclusive and important conversation about relapsing multiple sclerosis. Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton, we're putting our focus on health tonight. You know, multiple sclerosis is a tough disease to diagnose because there is no single test for it. And to complicate matters, the symptoms and disease progression often differ from person to person. And once diagnosed, peer support can make all of the difference in managing some lifestyle changes brought on by relapsing multiple sclerosis. Now, here to outline some of the most common symptoms and dispel some of those myths out there and talk about effective peer support and education that can help is Dr. Timothy West and Jacqueline. How are you two doing this Tuesday night? Doing very well. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Dr. West, I want to go to you first. What exactly is relapsing multiple sclerosis? How does it differ from uh, MS or multiple sclerosis in general, and what does it affect? Well, multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease, which means that it's a disease where the immune system attacks instead of defends you. And in this particular case, it's attacking this lining on the outside of nerves called myelin. So it can attack any of the nerves in the brain, the spinal cord, or even in the eyes, causing all kinds of symptoms. Basically, anything that the brain can do, it can disrupt. 
And there's different forms of this illness in that people can have something called relapsing MS, where they tend to be doing okay for a while, then they have this periodic spike in symptoms, which can be extremely disruptive and incredibly uh, unpredictable. Other patients will just have a slow progressive course, but they gradually get worse over time. So the relapsing form is that it has these sort of spikes in symptoms. Wow. What are some of the most common symptoms? I know you said the brain literally can't attack itself or everything that it controls from, if you will, the headquarters. But what are some symptoms that our national listeners should be aware of? Yeah, some of the more common symptoms that people have are things like numbness or tingling, vision problems where you actually can have blurring of the vision. Uh, this can actually be balance problems, sometimes weakness. And I think it's important to realize that with this particular illness, these symptoms don't tend to come and go you know, in minutes. Most of us will have some sort of numbness or tingling that will last a few minutes at some point during the day or, or during the week. But these are people who have the symptom come on, and it generally lasts for days to weeks. Wow. And I know at the top of the segment I mentioned it can be tough to diagnose because there's no single test. And you gave us some great common symptoms. But uh, to be uh, sincere with you, Dr. West, some of those symptoms sound like symptoms of other medical conditions. Tell me this, for our nationals and international listeners sitting and listening to your voice and my voice and Jacqueline's voice, when should they decide to go seek help? When should they say, well, you know, the blurry vision, maybe I'm nearsighted, I wear glasses, um, some of the numbness, uh, you know, that can happen from time to time. From your medical opinion, when is the time to go see a doctor? Yeah, that's a fantastic question because, as you said, so many of these symptoms are very, very common. I think the time to really seek help is when you've got a symptom that comes along and isn't getting any better, okay. especially if it comes along quickly. I mean, you know, I, I have blurred vision myself and use glasses at times, but this has been a very slow process. Okay. You're doing fine on Tuesday and then your vision goes bad on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. And let me say this. When you say help, who should they go to? Uh, just their family practitioner at first? You know, actually, that's not a bad place to start at. In fact, uh, multiple sclerosis is often presented initially to the family practice doctor. Usually, they're, uh, they're very good at detecting these kinds of signs and determining which ones are the ones that need to be sent on to the neurologist, which is what I do, or uh, something that they can maybe uh, treat on their own. If there needs to be some further workup and some further determination as to whether or not this could be multiple sclerosis, they'll definitely send them to a neurologist. Okay. You know, what treatments are available to these patients? I'm assuming once they get to the neurologist, he'll come up with a custom plan. What uh, can that look like? I know it can vary from the person to person. Yeah, it absolutely can vary from person to person. One of the most exciting things about the ability to treat this illness is that even just as long as 20 years ago, there was nothing to treat the illness. Currently, we have 12 FDA-approved options to be able to take care of multiple sclerosis. Wow. So it's actually very important to get to a doctor if you do have this and to work with that doctor to find a treatment that works for you. You know, we've said this so many times, Dr. West and Jacqueline, with other uh, medical conditions were brought up from uh, lupus to cancer to diabetes. The earlier you get in, right, I'm sure you would agree with this, Dr. West, the early, when those symptoms come on, you know, don't waste time. Get into a physician, and that can increase your odds of living a very productive life, right? Absolutely, and specifically when it comes to this particular illness, one of the, one of the problems that we have with uh, the treating multiple sclerosis and treating any sort of brain disease is that we don't have a way to necessarily repair anything. That's okay. Most of the medications that we have spend all of their effort and energy trying to prevent future damage. So the earlier you get in, the better you are gonna, the better chance you're going to have to 
to call and ask questions should anything arise for them. It's a support network that is absolutely fantastic, and just knowing what's going on with their illness and the ability to fight it can be incredibly empowering. So even though you're scared now and you might not want to hear the diagnosis, education is the best thing for you, and there is hope. Wow, there is hope. Lasting words from Dr. Timothy West. Thank you both, Dr. West and and Jacqueline, for joining us on Let's Talk America. Keep sharing. Well, everyone, we are wrapping up this Tuesday edition of Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. Before uh, you leave us, I do want to note that if you live in the Atlanta area, anywhere near Atlanta, join me this upcoming Thursday night, October the 8th, at Stockbridge, rather, at Merrill Manders Conference Center. They are doing a great tribute to the Dr. Martin Luther King and his family, and I am excited to be a part of that tribute, okay? So do join us, Merrill Manders Conference Center in Stockbridge, Georgia, on Thursday, October the 8th at 7 p.m. It's open to the public. Hope to see you there. Okay, everyone? Well, we are set to close out the show. And tonight, instead of doing it with music, and you know I love music, we're going to do it with putting our spotlight on an important and worthy community nonprofit organization. We will close out now our spotlight with Lupus Detroit. And of course, they're out of Michigan, and I'm going to let them speak for themselves. But everyone, thanks for joining us this Tuesday night live. If you're listening to my voice on the Replay Podcast, I thank you also. Do stick with us whenever it's convenient for you to listen back in. All right, everyone, if you know of a nonprofit organization that you would like to be in the community spotlight for Let's Talk America Radio, send us a quick message explaining uh, what they're about, and we will certainly get that done for you. The Email is Let's Talk Shana at gmail.com. Again, that's Let's Talk Shana at gmail.com. Or just simply visit the website and it will lead you to the right email address to make your submissions. All right, everyone. Thank you. Have a great full week of October and keep the conversation going. Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, is an entity of Paget and Thomas Enterprises, LLC. All content original, copyright 2015. I'm Sharon Harris. I'm with Lupus Detroit. Lupus Detroit is a 501 charity that is community-based, a voluntary health organization dedicated to eliminating lupus as a major health problem through education, advocacy, and service. We are the only lupus nonprofit in Michigan that assists lupus warriors financially. First, a little bit about lupus. It's an incurable and non-contagious disease that can affect any organ in the body. It is more prevalent in African Americans, Hispanics, and Asians. African American women are three times more likely to get lupus than Caucasian women. Unfortunately, there are about two million people in the United States who suffer from lupus, and many people are unaware, but more people have lupus than cerebral palsy, multiple sclerosis, sickle cell anemia, and cystic fibrosis combined. We recently completed our third annual lupus walk here in Detroit. It was amazing. We had over 800 people. Now keep in mind, I said that was our third year, and we brought out 800 people to advocate for lupus awareness. We raised over $20,000. It was awesome. Just a great day for lupus warriors and those that love them. October 18th, we'll be participating in the Free Press Marathon in downtown Detroit. Little do people know it's also an international race that some of the trek is through Canada. We can be reached on Facebook at facebook.com slash Detroit. We're also on Twitter, so please follow us. We do 
follow back at Lucas Detroit. We're on Instagram at Lucas Detroit and also Periscope at Lucas Detroit. So please just join in and see what we're about. We're also, of course, on the Internet, the World Wide Web at LucasDetroit.org. Thank you.